0: Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Musetta Vander, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast.
1: You are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now, bringing you the latest in science fiction
2: movies and television shows. Here are you.
3: This is the capital, we have a real problem with our infant sequence, so we may experience
0: some slight turbulence in this world. I have a bad feeling about this. Well, just lift the cowboy, would you? What is his place? It's a free show.
3: Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 157. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Hertzog. And hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And we are here to talk everything in the world of science fiction, or at least a bunch of things, the stuff that kind of caught our eye, the news stories, bring you an awesome interview, and all around, um, just strike up a conversation about the world of sci-fi. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully we have some good stuff on the grill tonight. I think we do. It smells yeah. pretty good from here. It does. It mm-hmm. does. So, Miles, how in the heck have you been?
1: Uh, I'm doing fine. Um, I just finished reading a Star Trek novel uh, written by Dayton Ward, and uh, I think it's a good time to give uh, our friend Dayton a shout out. Uh, he he put us and some other people we we, we know um, as at least our names as characters in his in his latest uh, book. And um, you know, I don't know if. If you met your end, but if it was, it was at least a heroic end.
3: Well, yeah, I, I don't. Say, I'm not dead yet.
1: No, you're I'm not dead yet.
3: I'm not dead yet.
1: But uh, am that,
3: feeling better. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Uh, so, so what happens? Explain to the listeners.
1: Well, uh, the Enterprise is, is involved in a battle with the Tholians, and um, the engineering section takes some damage. And uh, when I say you, I mean, crewman uh, Herzog takes a. Um, a blast to the face of uh, of engine coolant, which is very bad. Right, right. And so, and I have to, you know, rescue you out of there and help get you to sickbay.
3: I need the dermal replicator.
1: Oh, you need something, man. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you thought I was ugly before. Just wait till after this. <laughs> no.
1: Right. No. So, I don't. I don't I, hopefully, McCoy could do something for you. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I
3: hear Televixen's in it.
1: Yes, she plays. um. She she she's a star a starfleet captain. Now, how
3: in the hell do I get inside to like being ensign working on the coolant? She mm-hmm. ends up being captain. I guess charm. She's prettier. Yeah, charm good looks get you a long way. It does. It thanks absolutely a lot, does. Dayton. So- <laughs> but no, Dayton,
1: thank you for putting us in your book. I was uh, oh, you always
3: appreciate. It. That- what what's the name of the book again?
1: Uh, the, this was the last Star Trek book in the um, Vanguard series. It was sort of a, a wrap-up. Uh, I forget the title. I'll, I'll, I'll get that.
3: Yeah, so look it up mm-hmm. and uh, and we'll get back to that. Another uh, – we just also, we should also give props to Kalez. Kales, if you listen to our show long enough, you know that Kalez is an active contributor. He's been on the show in the sci-fi um, – Wait uh, to rewind. What do do? The rewind. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I like can't mm-hmm. remember the name of our shows. Uh, and uh, he had this harebrained idea, which to me is a no-brainer for him because the guy is so dang intellectual when it comes to looking at sci-fi, uh, much more so than I am. And, know,
1: he, and he's made me, you know, relook at things and maybe change my mind at stuff. So this is, I agree, this is yeah. a natural. Uh, Progression.
3: So, if, if you are the fountain of useless information, Miles, he is the philosopher of our bunch. Because, right. uh, because seriously, because uh, he. So, uh, long story short, he has a blog that he is doing, and the URL for it is basically jims jims j uh, i m s sci fi dot blogspot dot com, and he's just blogging about science fiction and what he's encountering, what he's thinking on it, and please go visit it and drop him a message, let him know uh, what you're thinking of it, comment, you know, interact with him, start some conversations with him, uh, and uh, it's just a great venture. And so we look forward to having him more on the show.
1: Absolutely. Right? Uh, he, he leaves fantastic voicemails. He has great insight into some of the stuff we're watching. So. We're going
3: to see if we can get him into the next one. I think we talked about that. What was it, Blade Runner? That
1: oh, okay. That, that, I think that would be a good one. It would be a good one for him. But the Star Trek book, the last one that uh, – Dayton has out his Star Trek Vanguard, What Judgment Comes. What Judgment Comes, okay. Mm
3: -hmm. And uh, boy, was I judged, apparently. I must have been a bad, bad boy. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) In order to get some acid in the face.
1: Well, like I said, you were doing your duty, and, you know, when space battles happen, you know.
3: All I know is that I've seen Star Trek pull off some. Fantastic facial reconstruction in this time.
1: That is true. The so medical I, technology in the 23rd. Or so I think century. They,
3: that they can make me look more beautiful than I was originally. I'm sure they will help you <laughs> out. So, well, uh, what's going on in your world other than this? This is some great stuff. So you've been reading this book. What else? Are you caught up in all your shows? Are you watching yeah. any movies?
1: I uh, haven't seen any movies in a while, but I'm still enjoying the shows that we're covering. Uh, loving Battlestar Galactica, Blood and Chrome. Really wished I was a regular series. It might be. It might be. And um, Love and Walking Dead. If uh, you just, just watched uh, the fall season finale of um, uh, the mid season finale for Revolution, it's going to come back again next year. All right. And, uh, I mean, it's been a couple weeks for Fringe, but, you know, the last Fringe episode was was amazing. We'll yeah. talk about that in a seat. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll talk about feedback. that
3: in listener feedback mm-hmm. episode. But, so you're up on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm up on uh, Arrow and Fringe, and every other show has been like forget i, I you know i just i'm unable to make it past episode two of walking dead i just i i, I don't know what it is and i think here um my only excuse is that i'm in such a intense time in my life mm-hmm. that uh, a, sh- a show like that has a lot of emotional demands oh sure i me, and uh demands i'm not sure that i can give it right now fringe i don't feel that mm-hmm. um I don't feel that with Arrow because those two shows I'm into. But with something like Walking Dead, uh, I feel that a little bit more in the intensity and the gore. And it's not that I don't enjoy that. It's that – but right now, I don't know if I can watch it right now. And so for me, that's, mm-hmm. that's where I'm at. Um,
1: and having small children, I mean, you have to be – It's
3: not like I can uh, – no. when I want to – when they go to bed and I want to watch something, mm-hmm. would I have been gravitating towards Monero Fringe DS9? Mm-hmm. Uh, and my daughter's gotten into it. We discussed this at the dinner table. You right. were there, right, Miles? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think the thing that made this a bit more palpable to her than some of my other shows is that she's not scary to her. For example, she was watching a Doctor Who episode with me, the finale of Doctor Who with the Weeping Angels. Mm-hmm. Those things are some of the scariest villains that Doctor Who's ever had on. Right. Uh, and then you have Warehouse 13, which can be scary. She's watched some of those with me and also has watched some alphas. But – I think DS9 feels safe to her.
1: The content is pro I mean they do explore some heavy themes but I think the content is still I don't know it's it, it's not too over the top. For, well and for- it's
3: it's even if it's uh, at a, even if they don't understand the the deeper nuances of the show mm-hmm. it's not as frightening for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh at least not yet. At least not so, yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think the other thing that helps is that they have Avery Brooks, you know, as captain, mm-hmm. uh, and the guy that plays Jake. That being a you know an African American, and for her being Haitian, she connects with these leading black central roles in in, in Deep Space Nine. I think that also helps.
1: That's good. they're good role models. That's you know that that's good. Yeah. yeah.
3: And then there's Worf.
1: Mm-hmm. He's well. He's a role role model to me, and and, you know, I'm not even African American. Right, right, right.
3: (laughs) Although, we do have that one clip of you saying that you are. Do you remember that?
1: Yes, but. um,
3: (laughs) I think one of my brother re edited it to say that.
1: But the uh, (laughs) authenticity of that is kind of dubious. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) But, anyways, you know, she's been enjoying that, and so that's been the show that I've been watching. Right. I'm still in the Game of Thrones. I'm. Getting further into book four mm-hmm. and uh, continuing my journey that and my next book will be book five and then I'll be caught up in the Game of Thrones series. Okay. I have a lot of other things that I want to read, but I feel like in order to speak intelligently about this to other people that I talk to about Game of Thrones, there's a lot of people in the Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I should have these books read. Yeah, And uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> long intro to a – uh uh, a, sh- a show here Let's go into the menu tonight Sure What are you uh, What are you cooking up with that grill? Well we'll finally be serving up our
1: interview uh, With uh, Missetta Vander Who we talked to at Shore this Past summer uh, Lovely fantastic lady uh, She she
3: Of Buffy fame Of Stargate fame Of
1: of uh, Star Trek Voyager Was she in Xena? She, I think she Yeah she was in Xena And she She um, one of my favorite movies, um, Old oh, Brother Arthur. She was one of the sirens in that. Oh yes. So she's definitely
3: a siren. She'll oh, definitely she def- def- <laughs> yeah. she sing me a song any day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh but just uh, you know, yeah, so she's and, and she's worked with a lot of, you know, some of the biggest names in Hollywood. So uh, I think you'll enjoy this interview. Very you know, very um very down to earth lady. One thing that strikes out, you know, we, we were gonna meet in the one big room because nobody was using it and, and she's getting herself and she goes, Oh, do you want some water too? I was just like Here's this, you know, celebrity. You know, ask if we want water. So, right. I thought, you know, so I was like, that told me, you know, this woman's very down to earth. You know, she's very, just very cool, and I think I think the fans really liked her. She at, was our know.
3: very first interview, if I'm correct, at Shore Leave. Or was Jane Wheedland. I think Jane Wedlund was Jane Wedlund. Yeah. So she was our second interview mm-hmm. at Shore Leave 34. Mm-hmm. So it's taken us a while to get to this interview, and we have a few other interviews in the can. Mm. But we're slowly getting through our short leave interviews. And
1: something else I appreciate about this one was we we're getting pictures with
3: her, and we were having some camera malfunctions. And yes, you and your famous camera malfunctions. Yeah. So I, we, oh, it, it's blurry. Uh, can we stand here with our arms around the set of vanda just a little bit longer,
1: Miles? Exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, uh, but we got some good pictures with her. It took a while, uh, you know. But it
3: took a while, and uh, yes, Miles didn't mind. But but I'm a patient guy. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt you are. Mm-hmm. What else is in, the, in, our, in our show notes here? Tonight? Well, um, we, we still have the uh, – you can win a piece of John Connor trivia contest. December 11th they have to win that. We'll talk a little bit more of that in a
1: moment. And uh, in, in uh, TV news, we have some uh, mid-season finales to talk about uh, and, and a fringe I commits to storyline that – and their mind was was a bust. Okay.
0: So,
3: and in movie news, uh, so Batman in a new Justice League movie, not Bruce Wayne. That'll that? be interesting. That'll be. We also have two pieces of news that we don't have listed here, and that is uh, why the Ewoks really rock. Okay, All right. All so, right. we'll talk about that. And the other one was some of the original X Men are appearing in the next prequel. Interesting yeah so we'll have some news there mm-hmm.
1: uh in, in this week's twist we have a bunch of things going on Star trek uh so the new Star Trek movie synopsis has been revealed. We'll give you some information about that I've seen it on a b- couple different star trek sites so it's probably information's probably good um uh, some Star trek renegade news and um our friends christian Charity have another uh, interview out um with uh, uh, L- life after trek
3: absolutely a couple of
1: Klingons you'll get well you get, you got a while to go yet but um in uh well you met Ma- you met Mark talk right. Uh, and so, um, you, uh, and so talk and Ga- they interviewed Martok and Gowron in their uh, in their latest podcast.
3: Awesome, awesome! And then we end with our sci five and five. And this week it is
1: yeah, some Big Bang Theory great Sheldon Cooper quotes.
3: Great, yeah. Which which will totally be lost to me because I don't watch the show.
1: But not forever though, Scott. Right, some right, day someday, right. someday,
3: someday, 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 someday. You know, when it's post kids and <laughs> when you need a new show to watch. Right, right, and yeah. And by the way, I did run my marathon. We forgot to mention that. Oh, earlier. talk about the marathon. Yes, yeah, so the marathon. Well, you've heard me mention this and I was going to run a marathon and I did run the marathon and mm-hmm. I survived running the marathon. Mm-hmm. I actually crossed the finish line standing uh, and I met my goal. My goal was to do it in under four hours and I did it in three hours, 58 minutes and 25 seconds.
1: That's that's quite an accomplishment.
3: Yeah. So sign up for my next one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, already. So in May I'll be running another marathon. Mm-hmm. So I think it's uh, my goal is to do two a year. Okay, that's what I would, I would like to at least. Mm-hmm. So,
1: well, if you you have to stay in shape to be able to do those marathons, that's a good incentive.
3: Yeah, That's uh, one of the reasons they do it. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons they do it. But Philly was great. I loved it, and um, it was very good. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move into uh, the rest of our show here. Uh, so uh, trivia. Let's move into trivia. Okay. So this is a question we asked last time.
1: And it it's a simple one if you just do a little homework on IMDB or any place else. So Even if you've never seen the movie. It's, uh, but we're, 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 is this we're, a movie we should rewind sometime? Well, <clears throat> listeners, what do you think? Tell us. Yeah, let us know. If so, rewind this movie. Mm-hmm. so who was Starman in the movie by that name?
3: Right. And the answer?
1: Well that's for you to tell us. That is.
3: And uh you can write in to the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail dot com or call in at 1-888-508-4343 and let us know your answer. Make sure if you email us that you give us an address in case you win. Now, there is a uh, code word.
1: So we keep the spammers away. uh, The code word is is satisfaction. Right, which plays into the actual – You'll hear the song played in the movie.
3: Um, Now, in order – what are they winning? Because we didn't really explain what they're winning here.
1: Well, they are winning a lovely autographed uh, picture, uh, autographed by Thomas Decker. And it's not just him in the picture. It's um,
3: Lena, Headley.
1: Lena Headley and Summer Glau. And so if you're at a convention where either these two guests or both these guests are here, you know, you get that autograph. That's just going to look really sweet in your autograph collection. It is.
3: It is. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you definitely want this prize. And right mm-hmm. now, haven't had a lot of takers. Haven't so a lot of takers. So we we made it easy. We, yeah, we made it easy for mm-hmm. you. Definitely. So we're giving it away December 11th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's move into our uh, first promo tonight, and let's uh, let's get the Trekcast in love because rumor has it, do they have a new show out? They don't. Um,
1: they they had one. They 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 had one. What they call Trekcast Lower Decks. It's a couple different other hosts, and that's a sub, that's a subscription service you'd have to get. It's not something I get, um, but they released an episode uh, recently.
3: So they do a, a subscription service, huh?
1: They do that too, um, along with the regular episode.
3: Oh wow! Well. Mm-hmm. Give them a little bit of love anyways and uh, yeah
1: i'm sure they'll have a pot they'll have a new podcast out soon
3: yep yep so and by the way just a little note any podcasts out there if you want your promo played in the show you just gotta send it to us um and we love to uh share the love around we do so so this is for the Trek cast.
0: Listen
2: up, Topaz! You know, see, it's like, <laughs> hey, I still got a little Star Trek in me. I'm built
0: up. mid-21st century civilian clothing. <laughs> well, next time you see a guy looks like a Wolverine, poke me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cocktail. Highball and cocktail.
1: Highball cocktail. Oh,
3: God. This is getting bad. You're listening to TrekCast, the Star Trek podcast, www.trekcast.com. Listen to TrekCast. It'll save your virtual life. (laughs) are back. So uh, let's move into some TV news. Mm-hmm. So uh, what's been going on in the world of
1: TV? Well, of, some, lo- some TV shows are going into their uh, mid-season uh, finales. And, um,
3: so, Miles, why don't you tell me about these mid-season finales of all the shows that I'm not watching?
1: All right. Well, it looks like a war this week as the mid-season and winter finales bring us The Walking Dead headed for a big battle. Revolutions, much-awaited clash, and once upon a time embracing good versus evil of it all. Also, this week, The Huntress arrives on Arrow. A Castile wants to be a hunter on, on Supernatural. Sister Mary Eunice believes that there's a dark angel at Briarcliff on The American Horror Story. Asylum, it's, all, it's still Thanksgiving on The Last Resort. Sheldon and Walowitz battle over a parking spot in The Big Bang Theory. And Alina and Stefan broke up on The Vampire Diaries. <gasps> Sorry. I don't don't the watch horror. That either. <laughs> Vincent may be a murderer on Beauty and the Beast. Marka uh, Pellegrino guest stars on Person of Interest. Holmes investigates an explosion on Elementary, and Audrey tries to figure out how to change her fate on Haven. Dragons and wasps prove a, a lethal combination on Sci-Fi's movie Dragon Wisps, Dragon Wasps, and, and, and Whoopi Goldberg guest stars on 666 Park Avenue.
3: So, uh, yeah, so there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Revolution had their season finale yesterday.
3: Okay.
1: Um, so, uh, uh, will Charlie finally rescue Danny, and will Monroe get all the power?
3: And him. we know that already,
1: I guess. Yes, or like, at least we know. Well,
3: they left a good cliff cliffhanger. Yeah, we won't. We don't want to spoil it if you haven't watched it. But, right. Mm-hmm. But these are things that are happening in a lot of mid season finales. What do you think of this trend to kind of give a mid season finale as a part of the mm-hmm. show's not over, but right. it's kind of mid season. We're breaking till after Christmas.
1: It might be a smart thing ratings wise. I mean, I, I DVR it, so for me, it doesn't. You know, I'll, I'll watch it when, it when when it's convenient for me, but may, maybe from the network's um, position, it, it may work best for them to do this.
3: No, yeah. I think when it hooks us and says, oh, I can't wait for it to come back. When does it come back? And you mm-hmm. kind of mark the date in your calendar and you pay a little bit more attention, I think, when you have a mid-season finale.
1: And as, as long as they don't do long hiatuses like they've done for other shows, I'm, I'm not too Yeah. Bent, should...
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least we have some more fringe before the break. Yes. You know, we have at least, I think, three episodes of Fringe.
1: Oh, man. I can't believe it's almost three, over.
3: Well, three episodes of Fringe in December, then two or three in January. And that's it. Yeah. I think we have six episodes left. I could be wrong. I'm counting. Maybe mm-hmm. a little bit wrong. But but so a lot of these shows I'm not watching. Um, yeah. You know the show that I most wish I was watching and am not? And that is Person of Interest. Yes. Yeah, because it's one that I, I actually had the entire first season on my computer. I just haven't watched it yet. I'm waiting for it some time. I've. Netflix them all and uh, and then uh, so I just need to find time for that's a show that actually I wish I was watching that I'm not.
1: But doesn't CBS make that? Uh, can you can you buy it off iTunes? No, hmm.
3: don't talk to me about that right. because sourcing. I would I'd be willing to throw money at CBS feet and grovel before them, except that they won't let me grovel. They won't let me uh, throw some money at them. So whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Well, Fringe. Uh, A fringe exec uh, went to confession this week, you know, the good Catholic he was, and uh, confessed that the controversial plot line that he regretted most toying. Mm -hmm. So uh, here's what the story is. Awesome as it may be, not every storyline on Fox's sci-fi series Fringe was a winner. We know that. No surprise there, right? Right. For every over-there reveal of the Twin Towers, there were a few creatures of the week that never really worked. So which season-long plot does current showrunner J.H. Wyman regret the most? As some fans might have guessed, Wyman admits that the long-running season four storyline that saw Peter Bishop, Joshua Jackson, erase from existence was a dud that didn't do much more than piss off an already small but fiercely loyal fan base. <laughs> in an interview with SFX, he explained about how the idea fitted thematically but proved a misstep in the actual execution. Like the whole season four disappearance of Peter, I learned a great deal from that. It didn't work. People didn't like it and felt it was sort of a stupid and didn't get it. I totally agree. I look back at it and consider it one of our missteps. It didn't work very well as we thought it would. We liked it and thought it was cool. But no matter how many times we told people, no, Peter's still part of the show. Come on. It's Peter Bishop. He's still part of the show. Everybody was saying, Peter's not in the show, so I'm not watching anymore. They didn't get it. But maybe in retrospect, when people watch a series from beginning to end, they'll realize why thematically it was so important to do so. People may or may not get what we did, but that's what it is. It's not a pizza. You don't get to order what you want on it and laughs. We'd have to agree, uh, Blaster. Uh, though the storyline allowed more time to focus on the other characters, Peter's the heart of the show. It just felt empty without him. They are to pull all the different players together. Judging by the focus on the core cast tromping through the future for the shortened fifth season, Wyman seems to have learned from the mistake. What do you think? Did you like the Mr. missing Peter storyline? What do you think, Miles?
1: Well, I didn't hate it. I... I, I... I actually thought it was a brave thing to do, but but I could kind of see where it, it, it alienated some of the viewers or a lot of the viewers.
3: I mean, it's not like he was totally missing. You saw his reflection, mm-hmm. flashes of him in dreams. He was still there.
1: He, he was still there. I mean, he, he was haunting uh, Walter's dreams. Yeah, and
3: so the, the show just didn't revolve around him.
1: Right, and maybe that his presence was missed that much.
3: Well, listen, for people that may be listening that turned off fringe, if you want a show that revolves around Peter – Go back to the finale to the, to the to last week's episode, and you'll see it. You'll see a show that revolves around Peter. Oh my yes, <laughs> very much so. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what that that's what you had in mind. That did not bother me. I think that maybe what maybe what bothered people more was the season three. Wasn't season three the one that ended with them? Um, we cause Peter snaps out of existence. Everything that we know about the universe is no longer true.
1: When when the Observer says Peter Bishop never existed. I and
3: therefore, think. that has so many big ramifications, mm-hmm. bigger than the fact that he wasn't in those four episodes. People are... I think people were pissed off about the whole, hey, it was just a dream. It wasn't really... It didn't the, really happen. The whole
1: Dallas uh, where uh, the one character w- was killed off. Oh, no, he's not killed off. It's just a... You this know, is a dream, just right? a dream, yeah.
3: Or Life on Mars. He did that where he wakes up in a spaceship and you yeah. know, what happened wasn't really there or... What other show did it lost? Did it where the past, last season was nothing but they were dead already, you know, and this mm-hmm. is kind of a heaven type thing or, you know, whatever the heck. So I don't know. But that, that this – th- that irked me more than Peter. Mm-hmm. And I still kind of vouch for that ending. But I know that didn't, not everyone liked that.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I figured, OK, they're going someplace with this. I, I just – I don't know what, but I'm going to just hang in there and, you know, and – like I said, I didn't hate this this yeah. this 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 season thread. It, it made things a little interesting for me. I mean, Walter was a little more like he was first season. Walter less happy and adjusted, and um, Olivia had some dark overtones to her character without because now Peter well, Peter's
3: adjusted now.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, he's oh he is adjusting. <laughs> he's adjusting, which we'll talk about more. But yeah, we
3: won't, uh, we won't later. say anything more. Let's move on to some movie news. Mm-hmm. So, the
1: Batman in the Justice League movie might not be Bruce Wayne. Wait, wait, what? I know, I know. But listen on. The Justice League movie would be uh, Warner Brothers' first attempt to create a consistent DC universe within the comic book giant's uh, film franchise. It only makes sense that Batman would be part of that. What makes less sense is a Batman that, who is not Bruce Wayne. But that may be exactly what we'll get. First, uh, some important backstory. Zack Snyder's Man of Steel has had big questions... Question mark above it and questions is, will Superman movie be a part of the larger narrative building toward a Justice League movie? In the past, the answer has been a firm no. But over the weekend, Snyder seemed to indicate that the Man of Steel would put Super on the track to be in the Justice League. With that in mind, it's being reported that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has already been cast to play Batman. That's right. The man who played the would-be successor of Bruce Wayne in Dark Knight Rises seems to set to play the Dark Knight proper. And with that announcement coming so soon, is it possible that Gordon-Levitt will, will appear as the Man of Steel? With *The Dark Knight uh, coming to DVD and Blu-ray imminently, we won't spoil the entire ending of the uh, film, but, but suffice to say, Gordon-Levitt does not play Bruce Wayne in it, but does play a crucial role that makes it seem as though if he is playing a Batman Justice League, he won't be doing it as Bruce Wayne. Which brings us to the following questions. Has Warner Brothers had a collective loss of sanity? While we've seen non-Bruce Wayne players put on a classic cape and cowl, it never lasted very long. Why? Because Bruce Wayne is Batman. Or are we wrong? What do you think?
3: I don't know. Taking Bruce Wayne out of Batman
1: mm-hmm.
3: seems like a pretty big alteration of the story.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I for the mo- for the last Batman movie. What the I, I, have, have you seen it by the way?
3: I have not. You can go ahead and ruin
1: it. Well, all I'll say is that um, it, it appears that uh, Batman sacrifices himself, but then there's a scene where um, uh, Alfred he goes to some place in Europe and he's at this restaurant and he sees across from him Bruce Wayne sitting at the table with. Uh, with Catwoman. Um and she's not she's not dressed as Catwoman, but you know, and they just kinda nodded at each other um like you know, he, he like like Bruce Wayne hung up the cape. Um and then uh at the end you see uh, Levitt um go to that go to the falls where the the Batcave is, um and see he sees what's inside it. Mm. And if I remember correctly, that's
3: kinda you know that's kinda the hint. Yeah the nod of that direction. Um you know, I guess you could argue that it worked in a little bit Batman Beyond, when you have, where you have kind of a successor to Batman.
1: Well, and you still had Bruce Wayne as the mentor and the
3: boss. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing to say that something like that couldn't happen. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I think for the Justice League movie, you may want to still keep it with Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne is so still integral to the Batman character.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how important that is to me.
1: But I mean, I'll. We'll, I still check it out when it come when it comes out. Yeah, I still check it out. They
3: need to make the sucker first. they're, well,
1: they're just in like
3: initial. It sounds like very early discussion. Oh my gosh, it's going to take years. So, mm-hmm. but well, two major original X Men stars are returning for Days of Future Past. There have been rumblings that some of the former X Men cast members could return in the upcoming sequel, Days of Future Past. Now we know for sure. And it seems that Magneto and Xavier's battles will rage through generations as time around. Brian Singer has confirmed that X-Men stars Patrick Stewart, Professor X, and Sir Ian McKellen, Magneto, are the latest additions to the first class sequel Days of Future Past, which is said to be a time-jumping story based on the seminal 1980s comic arc of the same name. James McAvoy, Xavier, and Michael Fassbender, Magneto, took up characters in the recent prequel. And it'll be amazing to see what happens with all four now in the mix. Singer confirmed the casting news on Twitter. Brian Singer tweeted, thrilled to announce that Ian McKellen and Sir Patrick Stewart are joining the cast of X-Men Days of Future Past, Magneto and Professor X, More to Come. Possibly the best part? The last bit, what does it mean by more to come? We don't know, but we can't wait to find out. With the original X-Men director, Singer, back in the saddle, tackling the storyline specifically, it looks like the studio is taking a real shot at revitalizing both versions of the franchise with one film. A gutsy and potentially awesome proposition. What do you think? Could Days of Future Past make up for the mess that was X-Men, The Last Stand? Hmm. Um, All I know is that X-Men First Class was awesome.
1: Yeah, X Men First Class rocked, and so the fault can't be placed on Patrick Stewart or uh, Ian McKellen. It just—it was just a different movie.
3: It was a dud of a storyline,
1: and so, so it, it, bringing those two back—if it's a time traveling story—that's that intrigues me. I, I look forward to seeing it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think I'm looking forward. To, you know, so. Who else would you want to see if they brought back more of the cast? Who else? Whoops, I'm just banging mics here. Um, who else would you want to see them bring back, Miles?
1: Oh, that's easy. You know? Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Either either a future Wolverine or you know a Wolverine from.
3: You know, what about Sabretooth? He wasn't a part of the X Men movie, but he was part of the Wolverine movie. Is that right? He
1: was. Well, he was also he was in the first uh, X Men movie. He didn't have a, as big a part in in that one, um, and he looked. Bit different than than he played in the uh, Wolverine movie.
3: He was awesome then. Oh, oh, yeah, in the Wolverine movie, he was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let us know what you think. Do you do you like this idea of them kind of doing this? But I, I you know, I, there's something nostalgic about seeing these. I think oh, the only yeah. one that I don't care to see back in is probably the Professor. Well, I, tr- could, I could care less if Fraser Cranes back in it. <laughs> uh, he was a terrible Professor, in my opinion.
1: Uh, oh, you, you didn't like him as Beast.
3: No, not really. I got think he was a beast. I'm sorry. Can yeah. I say he wasn't – that's not professor then.
1: No, he, he – I mean, he, I guess he sort he's of a is. a doctor, right? He, he sort of is, yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I didn't like him. Mm-hmm. It was the least favorite
1: part. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy who played him in, in, in this new movie I thought was really good.
3: Yeah, and at least we didn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger in there with a big ice thing saying – I know, start leading Christmas carols. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. So, I mean, that would have been a totally terrible move for him. That would have went off the rails. It, it would have. Uh, let's move into some Star Wars news. Go ahead. We have uh, some news that Ewoks are really rocking.
1: Well, um, Star Wars has been in the news a lot lately with uh, Disney's uh, acquisition of it. Uh, so Star Wars Warwick Davis to Ewok haters. We kicked arse. And here's his reason. Go oh. ahead. Read the story. As the man who brought... To life, uh, Star Wars wicket the Ewok actor uh, Warwick Davis has a love-hate relationship with some hardcore fans. But don't think that means he'll just sit back and let you, uh, you know, crap on the Ewoks. You say crap? this that says crack. It. Well, I think uh, <laughs> I think it's a typo. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, for Davis, all the cuddly insults are, are crap when it comes to the furry little race introduced in the original Star Wars trilogy. The reason? The Ewoks uh, kick arse when push comes to shove in the battle with the Empire, he told uh, Metro. There are Star Wars fans who don't appreciate Ewoks for what they were. We kicked ours and helped the, the rebels defeat the Empire. Without us, that, that would have how, that wouldn't have happened. But some people see Ewoks as an excuse to sell merchandise that are too cute and so on. There's a minority view within the Star Wars community. When, when I go to the events, everyone is usually happy to see me. there, there are the sort of people who look forward to uh, playing the Star Wars video games where you, you get to be a, a stormtrooper and kill Ewoks. They, they know who they are. Davis uh, has a few points, and the Ewoks did play a role in the uh, epic battle for, for, from Star Wars uh, Six, Return of the
3: Jedi. So what do you think? Are you an Ewok fan? Am I an Ewok fan? Well, let me put it this way. There are, As you said, I think we discussed this earlier, there are worse characters in Star Wars history.
1: There are, and I, I think I, you know, we're comparing apples to oranges in that right. sense. Yeah.
3: Right, so if we we go on the list of worse mm-hmm. uh, things that uh, Lucas has created. This is not one of them. It, he makes the point that they played a central role. Mm-hmm. And being on Endor, for them to survive Endor and to defeat the Stormtroopers and the Empires, the Ewoks were unnecessary. If, the Ew, if you're going to have the Ewoks and they are the only race, unless he created a whole new race, but being that they were the race, they needed the Ewoks to defeat the Empire.
1: Yes. Now, I've heard there was talk of possibly doing uh, – Maybe this could have been the the Wookiee home world, and it would have been Wookiees uh, doing that. So like Kashyyyk, right? Um, And and you know what? I I I think that would have been interesting, but I think from from a marketing standpoint, I mean, it's got to make money, and so have you know having some some characters for the kids, as long as not too dumbed down, it just makes sense. I mean, the kids are going to love the Ewoks, and they're going to want you know yeah. Ewok toys or Ewok merchandise.
3: Ewoks are like tribbles in Star Wars. I think maybe they yeah. don't procreate quite as much.
1: No, they no no. Unfortunately, they don't. But um, yeah. but uh, so I, I don't hate the Ewoks.
3: You couldn't have put it on Kashyyyk. Um, in my opinion, I guess a question of whether Kashyyyk has moons. Number one, which mm-hmm. I don't know if we really get any look at in third Star Wars movie. Um, they only show a few battles on Kashyyyk mm-hmm. when Yoda's there in Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. But we do know from the storyline that Kashyyyk was enslaved by the Empire. Right. So, in a way, having them. There, I guess, in a way, there would be no reason to put the Death Star around Kashyyyk because they already own Kashyyyk. Or yeah. I, maybe it wasn't central enough. I don't know where it lines up in the whole galactic map. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um. Maybe, maybe it's something for the fans. Those of you out there who are really into Star Wars, let us know why it made more sense to put the Death Star around y- it was um, Endor, right? right. Uh, the moon of Yaman 4, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't Yaman 4 where the Rebel base was originally in the first movie?
1: It was on one of the Yavin moons, yeah. Yeah, so, I mm-hmm. mean,
3: so it makes sense to put, in my opinion, but maybe Star Wars fans, you can help me out. It makes sense to me to put the Death Star around Right in the midst of where the rebel camp would be Mm -hmm. because you have a powerhouse here.
1: Yeah. So like I said, I – the Ewok storyline didn't – I mean that didn't bother me too much. It wasn't – I mean there were some really good humorous moments with them. Right. Um, The song at the end, yeah, that's a little kiddie. Uh, This is where I kind of almost – this may be blasphemous to some of the Star Wars fans out there, but when they re-released the uh, original movies and they changed the the, the music, the ending, the ending yeah. I kind of like that one better.
3: Yeah, yeah. The uh, admit it, you like the Ewok dance. You probably did this as a kid, and you just won't admit it.
1: Um, <laughs> not admitting that to anybody.
3: Yeah, but anyways, are you a fan of the Ewoks? Let us know. Call us at one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three or email us at the Sci Fi Diner podcast. At gmail.com if I can speak here. Let's move on into this week in Star Trek. All right. So this week in Star Trek, we
1: have some um, news about the movie. So we finally have some new information about the Star Trek uh, movie coming out. uh, So what's the title of it again? Star Trek Into Darkness. All right. So what do we find out? So when the crew of the Enterprise is called back home, they find an unstoppable force of terror from within their own organization has detonated the fleet and everything it stands for, leaving our world in a state of crisis. With a personal score to settle, Captain Kirk leads a manhunt to a war zone world to capture a one-man weapon of mass destruction. As our heroes are propelled into an epic chess game of life and death, love will be challenged, friendships will be torn apart, and sacrifices must be made for the only family Kirk has left, his crew. Um, so, it could be, it sounds interesting. Um, uh, Either way, I'm 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 psyched for the. Oh, new we're going to watch
3: it either way, but you know, here we still don't get any idea what the villain is.
1: No, all we're told they've told us he is a you know he is a character in the Star Trek canon,
3: and people are assuming that Benedict Cumberbatch playing him.
1: Oh, that that that's a given. He's so playing, it's just but what he's given. Who is he playing? Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, I'm looking forward. to... It. Did you hear the rumor that Zachary Quinto may not be playing Spock in the third movie?
1: I heard that, and that rumor was was squashed. It was more talk about his role in in American Horror uh, Story.
3: Okay, so it wasn't. So that's not happening.
1: Yeah, he's still he's still gonna be playing Spock. It's he's getting tired of basically playing the uh, serial killers that he played in Heroes and I guess in this American Horror Story show.
3: Yeah. Well, he's not playing a serial killer yet. Can you no. imagine if they turned him loose on the Enterprise. Oh, as as, as, as Skyler.
1: I, I, I ho- yeah, yeah. Ho- hopefully not. <laughs> oh,
3: holy shit. Sorry, all you red shirts. Right?
1: Sorry. No, no. We, we we like we like uh, Quinto as, as Spock.
3: All right. Let's oh. move along.
1: In, in another Star Trek production, um, Edward Furlong, Corinne Nemec, and JG Herzler joined Star Trek uh, Renegades cast. And we got this from the good folks from So Space Communique. With uh, much fanfare and maybe a little help from our interview with Tim Russ, Star Trek Renegades has met its initial uh, $200,000 goal on Kickstarter and is shooting to stretch funding for uh, $250,000. Even if the new goal isn't met, the new film is funded, and with that good news, we learned that the new stars have been added to the already full roster. Life After Tr- Trekker, J.G. Hertzler, joined the cast this week, as well as a few other sci-fi familiars. Terminator 2 star and ex-boyfriend of Jolene Blaylock, Edward Furlong, has joined the cast for an un- undisclosed role. Stargate SG-1 and Parker Lewis Can't Lose fans can look forward to seeing Corrin Nemec in the upcoming feature, too. If you guys and gals remember Life After Trekker, uh, Michael Demerit worked on uh, Parker Lewis in his early days in the business we called we call his show. The, the, the Trek uh, Connections Know No Bounds, Life After Trek podcast, uh, episode 22, if you want to check that out. Um, and uh, we're pleased to announce uh, they, they they just recently interviewed uh, J.G. Hertzler and... Um, Um, Robert Robert O'Reilly. So, um, characters you'll be seeing as soon as you watch uh, more of these. I think I met him, actually. Okay, you you did meet Martok, yes. Well,
3: wasn't uh, Garon also in the uh, initial two? He
1: he was. Oh, you met him both. That's right. Met him both. Yeah. So we're pleased to announce episode twenty-two of our Life After Trek podcast, featuring Robert O'Reilly and JG Hertzler Many of you know them as Chancellor Garon and General Chancellor Martok. Uh, We would like to give a special thanks to the fine folks at Starbase Indie for hooking up us up with uh, this fantastic interview. If you're in the Indianapolis area, be sure to be coming to... Th- we'll cut that part out. Yeah. Just to be a bit transparent, we had some technical difficulties in the recording of this episode, so some of the interview will, will seem a bit disjointed and spliced together. Both uh, J.G. and Bob were fantastic and gracious in re-recording a few parts that were lost. Uh, during the interview, we talk about the respective uh, times in Star Trek, um, as well as uh, other projects that the duo have worked on. If you're fans of Klingons like we are, be sure to download this episode.
3: Right. Well, very good and uh, quite impressive as Klingons.
1: And, and the cool part is that these guys are going to cons dressed up as their characters, and you can get you know get pictures with them. It's you know um, you get a picture with Gowron and Martok. That's awesome. So I heard the interview. I mean, despite the technical difficulties, it's a great interview. Both these guys still have good chemistry uh they're taking some friendly pot shots at each other oh, um man. but uh yeah so it was a, so check check out like life after truck podcast
3: you know one of the things that i i'm uh, so grateful for for chris and charity is i just love the fact that they're able to do this and pull in the stars that they are right because they give they breathe some life into it and you know i'm so i'm excited for them that mm-hmm. they're able to do this Well, me too and people just have to love what they're doing oh yeah it kind of reconnects them with some of their old loves mhm so well, I believe that is about it. Anything else on the uh, this week in Star Trek? I believe that's about it. I think we did it. We yeah, covered it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's move on into our final promo tonight. Uh, we played a promo for the Gatecast in our last show, mm-hmm. but I was kindly notified by Mike Crate or someone in that that I played the old promo. Oh. And they were kind enough to send me a new promo. So we're going to play this new promo tonight. Just so that I can uh, make reparations, reparations, but uh, make payment. Uh, no, it, was, it wasn't a big deal as long as I was drawing attention, but this is their updated promo. Make sure if you are a lover of anything, Stargate, right. I was going to say Star Trek, but mm-hmm. Stargate, mm-hmm. make sure you give these guys some love and uh, they continue. What season are they in? Season 7, right?
1: They're, they're in Season 7 of SG-1 and they just started um, – SGA. They're going to go back and forth uh, with because uh, they they oh run because they kind of scene. ran concurrently then and so they, they they ran a fan poll and the fans uh, wanted that because because they run concurrently yeah
3: uh, it gives them a kind of variety well good yeah. mm-hmm. good you know talk about an incentive to watch a show again do a podcast on it right so uh, maybe that will be in our future Miles it could be I know we'll have to pick a show that mm-hmm. we haven't watched before and do it episode by episode <laughs> Babylon Five. Have you watched Babylon 5? I have not watched Babylon Five. Yet. See, it'd be a great one, and you know, I know that uh, there's a Raú would love mm-hmm. that <laughs> that podcast. Well, let's move into this. Uh, let's move into this promo.
2: The myths of a thousand worlds tell of a time when darkness enveloped the galaxy, an age before the coming of the fifth race. Tales and legends of gods that could crush worlds, but with a gesture, and vast armies to enslave the free peoples of our realms. Armies whose existence spanned hundreds of generations, yet long gone. And we ask ourselves, what if these myths have a kernel of truth? One thing is known. Those who now claim to be descended from the Fifth Race are not eager to look back into the darkness. But events have conspired against them, as long-lost worlds outside of the gate systems have been discovered. The first artifacts and data have been studied, and now is the time for the true story to be told. These are the people of the Fifth Race, before they became saviors of the galaxy. Watch. Watch. Listen and comprehend, then spread the lessons we learn from the people of the Earth and its Stargate command. Engage the Translation Matrix. Matrix ready. Input search phrase. Gatecast, a Stargate podcast. Gatecast implemented. Translation and interpretation engaged for Stargate archives. Audio format. Enhance, please. Gatecast additional data located. Gatecast.co.uk Also under the headings Facebook, Google+, Twitter and iTunes. Gatecast by fans for fans, Stargate forever.
3: We have an awesome interview for, uh, for you guys tonight and gals tonight. Uh, who
1: are we going to be? We are going to give you our interview with the lovely uh, Miss uh, Missetta Vander. Uh, Missetta Vander. Right, from uh, South Africa. She has a f- lover accent.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, and she was going there or heading there or coming back from or go- something when, when we were shortly.
1: But uh, yeah, I mean, she gets to go all over the place because of cons. and so
3: Yeah. yeah. And so uh, you know this lady how?
1: If you've seen Star Trek Voyager, this episode where she was a love interest for Harry Kim, she was a love interest for uh, Teal in two episodes of, uh, of SG-1. And if you're a Buffy fan, you, you, you've seen her in Buffy. Uh, she, she has worked with uh, some of the biggest names in Hollywood. And uh, she was uh, one of the sirens in the um, Old oh Brother
3: Arthur movie. Awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. So she's done a lot of work. And so you'll recognize her if you right. see her. Definitely. Well, uh, and so this was Shore Leave 34. Mm-hmm. And we had a wonderful time interviewing her. We and as we mentioned earlier – uh, you managed to stand for a very long time with your arm around her. My, my
1: camera malfunctioned. It's not my fault.
3: Yes, right, right. <laughs> yeah, we have a malfunction.
1: Yes. Yeah, so. uh,
3: but it was a very good interview, and she was one of the first ones we did at Charlie. Right. We hope that you enjoy the interview that we did with her. <laughs>
0: The hour is late. You should be resting. I could not wait to speak with you.
2: Yes. We must speak of your audacity.
0: I do not understand.
2: How dare a priest... Touch the mind of one who would be her god.
0: You despise the gold.
2: I am the gold.
0: But I showed you the gold. You showed me the means to destroy the Tok'ra. No. Now accept your reward. Oh.
3: So I'll let you leave the interview since so you have question. Okay, I'll jump in and interrupt
0: Easy questions.
1: Uh, Oh, yes. I'm throwing softballs.
0: Oh, yes. I can see them coming. Nice curve.
1: All right. right, Go ahead. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at Shore Leave 34, and we are delighted to bring to you a lovely lady who has been seen in several uh, popular sci fi fantasy TV shows and has worked with some of the top names in Hollywood over the last 15 years. From Star Trek Voyager, Stargate SG 1, Xena, Babylon 5, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and in movies she has worked with such actors as Will Smith, Kent Brana, Robert Duvall, Jennifer Lopez, just to name a few, and was in one of my favorite movies starring George Clooney in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? We were hanging out with the lovely um, Musetta Vander. Did I say your name correctly?
0: <laughs> yes, you thank did. You. Okay. <laughs> I like that introduction. <laughs> 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 so long. Oh, yeah. She's yes. <laughs> <I love> her. <laughs> down herself, but we
3: just interviewed Jane and we botched her name. <laughs> I I, 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 yes, <laughs> I it. it was excellent.
0: Thank <laughs> you. <No. laughs> thank you.
3: Ms. Vander, welcome, and thank
1: you for taking time to talk with us in the Sci Fi Diner podcast.
0: You're more yeah. than welcome.
1: Thanks. Ms. Vander, we do want to talk about your work in sci-fi and fantasy world, but in looking at your background, you got your work in uh, rock videos. Can you tell us about uh, that and maybe the songs and artists you worked with?
0: Oh, okay. Well, um, uh, when I came from South Africa, I when I came to the states, I had a very strong dance background mm-hmm. and um, also had extremely heavy accent. So, and I didn't really know anybody. And it was also, uh, you know, one of those things that just happened. I went in for a dance audition one day and I started automatically moving into the dance world. And then through one thing to another, you know, I um, met an agent who, who uh, represented me for dance, and then I um, got sent out on these music video auditions. I can't remember which one was my first music video, uh, I just remember it being amazing because uh, to be suddenly part of, like, here's Rod Stewart, here's mm-hmm. Tina Turner, you know, all these incredible artists. Um, it was a wonderful experience. I, I mean, to me, it was just magnificent to just be part of this entire production, and to see them live and to work with them. Um, what is my favorite? Is that what your question is?
1: Well, just well, that'd be a good question. What, what, do you have a favorite uh, video you, you worked in?
0: Oh, I, I love the uh, the Rod Stewart one with Ron Isley. I really thought that was a wonderful experience. Uh, Wonderfully done. I really like that. I also like the song and I also like the Tina Turner one mm-hmm. that I did. Uh beautiful, but it didn't really play in the States, which is more in Europe, which is really weird. Some some music videos they would make that would play just in Europe and others would be just in America. It was an odd mm-hmm. <laughs> the reasons. But um one of the most interesting things that happened to me, I remember doing a Chris Isaac video and uh you know, he likes to do art and do like tattoo art on people's Body and stuff, and he had he one he had my foot up on his mm-hmm. lap, on his lap, and he was drawing a tattoo on my ankle for this music video I was doing with him. And I sat there thinking if my friends at home could see this, they wouldn't even believe it. And I was like Chris oh. Isaacs tattooing my ankle. How bad can
1: life be? No, I
0: know, I know. <laughs> Um, That was, that was, it's all part of the, the, the the fun of it, I mean, just the, you know, I was just so lucky. Every time I got a job, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I even got it. I'm so happy.
3: So you transitioned from that (coughs) into acting. Yeah. How did that?
0: You know, I think it was just a natural transition. I think if you're in the arts, it kind of goes from, because I started on stage very young as a dancer, and then you when you're in any kind of entertainment field i think you just naturally gravitate to go into more other directions of this field you know i was dancing and then you know so so doing the modeling and then the acting was just a natural progression for me i um, i remember one when when i was dancing I used to be on stage doing all these big shows like miss south africa or all these awards and i'd be dancing and we would work our behinds off man kill ourselves rehearse hours and then the actors would come up and you know, presenters, and they do like, you know, half an hour, and we pay 10,000 times more than we were. And they go home, and I'm like, I'm on the wrong side. I need to be on that side. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, yeah. I want to be an actor. And I just, um, I, um, I trained when I came here. I studied I did Meisner technique, and I studied with Joanne Barron and several other teachers. And then I... Um, worked at losing your accent, I
3: guess.
0: Worked at losing my accent, although right now I'm very thick because I just came back from South Africa
2: <laughs> yesterday,
0: day before yesterday. And um, and yeah, worked at losing the accent, changing the accent, and uh, went out and auditioned. And uh, one of my first jobs I got uh, was a job for Superforce, which was in sci-fi. And I think I ended up in sci-fi because of the accent you know oh, people yeah. didn't really know where to put me so I'm like oh you're a, foreign yeah and they'll just call me up and go can you go we have an audition for you this afternoon you're Greek I'm like but I've never done a Greek accent doesn't matter you have an accent go <laughs> <laughs> you know oh, so nice. <laughs> you know it was kind of that thing that's how I transitioned into that
3: so they were relying on Americans not really knowing what a Greek accent uh, yeah I it was
0: guess? any kind of accent you're <laughs> French you're this You're you're from this country that country just <laughs> go for it and that's how I kind of started and I just learned you know, as time went on. I mean, the most difficult accent for me, honestly, was American because it's so different from my accent. Everything in American is very relaxed. Everything in my accent is very pronounced. Mm-hmm. And at my age at that point, to learn to change things, I think when you're younger, it's much easier. Sure. You know, I was already very set with my accent. <laughs> as you can hear, I have a, a pretty strong accent.
1: You have a nice accent, by the way.
0: What? You have a nice accent. Oh, thank oh. you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. I don't know what it is. I go home and they go, are you American? I'm oh like, no. <laughs> I come here and they go, where are you from? I'm like, I don't belong anywhere. I'm a child of the universe. There <laughs> you
1: go. <laughs> I wanted to ask about your experience in Star Trek Voyager and Stargate SG-1. What, I, what I've heard is that Voyager was run like a tight ship. However, I heard that on SG-1, things were a little looser. Uh, for you, what was the working environment on both those, those shows?
0: I did Star Trek before I did uh, Stargate. Um, I've been—I'd seen Star Trek for a long time, and I I remember when I got to the set of Star Trek. You know, when you anytime you step in as a guest star, you come in like into a very, especially a show that's been running that long, Mm -hmm. into a show that's running like clockwork, and suddenly you step in and they sang all these words that you'd never heard of before. You know, all the like. The subspace vacuum near planet Urakis is in gravitational orbit. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> With my accent. And they just pump the words out like this. It's like nothing to them. It's like, hand me the peanut butter and jelly. But, um, I think that was for me by far more difficult, mm-hmm. uh, as a show because they work really fast They work really fast. And also the, di- sometimes they changed the dialogue. Literally I'd be in the, in the wardrobe chair and then they change all the dialogue and, because I had an accent, I had to really work hard to try and lose the accent. Mm. Plus, the dialogue wasn't something that's just normal dialogue, like when you speak with somebody, you know, it's just, you know, conversational. It was mm. all this kind of intergalactic speech. It was really hard, actually. Mm. It was really hard. But the people were wonderful. But it was... <laughs> yeah. I remember being stressed. Oh, my God, what is the next word? <laughs> <laughs> but we had really good fun. And on, on, on uh, Stargate, um, Well, Peter DeLuise is the first director. Who's a ham? He's hilarious. Plays a lot of uh, games, and they poke fun and do crazy things. Like when you're dead, they tickle you while they're filming you to see if you react. Or you know, they tell all kinds of jokes in the middle of a scene. So it was it was a completely different kind of feeling, mm-hmm. much more relaxed, yeah. We
3: had a chance to chat with Chris Judge
0: last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, didn't
2: say anything else? Do you like Christopher
0: Judge? And, and it's all oh, back. my God, <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I had to I had kiss Christopher Judge, and and what Christopher Judge would do uh, right before the scene, he would go eat onions, smoke cigarettes, uh, I mean, whatever he could do to <laughs> make himself smell as horrific as he <laughs> possibly could. <laughs> and then he'd be, like, already looking at me like, <laughs> I, mean, I could smell the onions, the garlic, the cigarettes, whatever else is coming, I could smell. And I was like, oh my god, this is real acting. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's a doll. He's very sweet.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he, he was, you he had a fantastic time with him last, last year. Now, yeah, that?
0: he's he's mm-hmm. fun. He's really fun. He's a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And he, he's really, he's always doing something crazy. You know?
3: Yeah.
0: You never know what he's going to do.
3: <laughs> yeah, he had some great stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will leave it at that.
1: Yes, about that. <laughs> you look at your IAMD resume, you've done a lot in sci-fi fantasy, but you've done a lot of other th- genre work as well. Uh, what do you particularly uh, like about doing sci-fi fantasy?
0: Um, I think that the characters in sci-fi are very broad. They don't have, a, you know, you're not trying to imitate real lo- life, not trying to portray real life. The characters have, are limitless, mm-hmm. and they are up to your own imagination. You're creating the reality that they're in so i really enjoy that because you can go really broad with a character uh, whereas if you play i mean i like everything as an actor you kind of right. it's, you know, it's not like one or the other mm-hmm. you do everything um, it's just that i happen to go into this genre sort of by default mm-hmm. and uh, i love it there <laughs> <So> <laughs> it doesn't bother me but um, i think that um, when you do any other kind of theatrical work it's equally as rewarding um, and also very challenging. I just think sci-fi is more uh, entertaining and more creative because you're not trying to emulate life mm-hmm. as we know it. Right. Very true.
1: Now you've done some work on stage. I mean, also, I mean, uh, do you feel do you feel drawn going back to the stage again?
0: I love being on the stage. I started there. I, I love the feel of a live audience. Um, I haven't felt a draw to go back, you know, it's just the way my life has been. It always seems to be, you know, uh, in front of a camera. Uh, you know, I think theater is very, very hard work, and it's not something that most people will go to. You know, to try and get people to fill a theater is very hard, unless you're on Broadway or off-Broadway. You know, you work your behind off, you don't get paid very much, so to make a living going to theater is not really... You know, it's very prestigious to do it, mm-hmm. but it's not going to pay your mortgage. Right, right.
1: exactly. Yeah. You
0: know, mm-hmm. so I prefer film <laughs> and
1: television.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, can you t- tell us about future projects coming up? Uh, what can we look forward to uh, seeing you doing?
0: Well, I um, in the beginning of the year, I did a movie called Five Hour Friends with Tom Sizemore, mm-hmm. uh, which will be coming out hopefully later this year. I think they just put the trailer up. So, uh, I don't know where, when that movie's going to come out. Uh, I also did something with uh, Steven Lisberger, uh, the writer of Tron. Uh, he uh,
3: Which Tron, the, the most recent one?
0: Okay. He did all the. Um, he wrote a new project called Topeka, which it will launch next year, I guess, at Comic Con. And uh, they shot a whole comic book version of the movie. And I played one of the characters in this. Wonderful script. It's really fantastic. Uh, They're shooting the entire movie with stills first, and then they're making it animated. uh, I mean, a comic book, which they will launch at Comic Con, and then they'll do the movie after that. Mm -hmm. So I did that, and um, I was meant to shoot a movie just before I left for South Africa, but I had to go home for family Mm -hmm. emergency, so I couldn't do the movie. But um, I'm supposed to be doing another movie at the end of the year, well, in September. I'm picking up on a movie I did called uh, *Spreading Darkness* with um, uh, Eric Roberts, Mm -hmm. and um, we have to complete that. We started shooting that about a year ago, and then production stopped. So I'm going back to complete that. And I also did some voiceover work on *Safe House*, Mm -hmm. you know, which they shot in South Africa. So I actually just saw it on the plane on the way here and I was like, trying to hear my voice. Where is it? I <laughs> can't hear it at all. You find it? No. no. <laughs> it's like I wasn't that's there. That's a watching Washington movie, right? Yeah. yeah that's
3: what I want to see. It's on my Netflix TV.
0: Yeah. It's just like, I can't even hear it. It's so good. It's just like, gone. It's so funny because when you're doing it, it's like, oh, wow, I can hear all the voices, but it just disappears in the movie. Okay.
3: Can you tell us the premise of the story that's being released at Comic Con
0: I don't know if I should or could, okay. you know what I mean? Because they uh, might I, want to keep yeah, it as a, a secret. A, I don't know. And, and, but I can tell you it's wonderful. Yeah. And um, I think it will be very successful. So yeah. it's, a, it's a very uh, interesting story. I, I, I guess if Stephen this Builder wants to share the story, I'm sure he will. If they're going to be launching it, maybe right. I, I don't want to jump the gun. Right.
1: Standard standard. Standard. Uh,
0: I, I don't know. Maybe it's totally fine. Maybe it's like, why didn't you tell them? No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's better, otherwise, they come back and go, like, you signed a contract. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <You violated. laughs> if I the contract, we'll now take your house, yeah. your car, your <laughs> <first> born. <laughs> I'm like, no, thank you.
1: <laughs> you never know what you're signing up for.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Mm-hmm.
1: So, if people want to stay informed about what you're doing in your career, how can they best do that?
0: You know, I had a Facebook page until Facebook decided I wasn't actually a Vander Go figure. How do you go about verifying that? I, I don't know. So we'll see. I sent them an email going, okay, you tell me who I am. <laughs> but um, usually it's best to check it on Facebook or on my website, Uh I try to keep that updated uh, if I can, you know. I. Um, but Facebook, I tend to post more regularly at now, but now that Facebook's Kind of snubbed me. I'm kind of going. Well, maybe I'll just become somebody else, like <laughs> Ursula <laughs> Shlavelashki. <No. laughs> do you Twitter? I don't Twitter too much. You know, I Twitter through Facebook. I've hooked right. that that account up. So if I announce something, I go out on Twitter and I tweet it that I was really mad at Facebook. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I hope Facebook finds it. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I um, I do like the the social media. I, I'm not as You know, some people are really on it all the time. I'm not like that. I'm so busy with all the things I do that I just don't sit down to do that. You have to live. And I have to, yeah. I have to actually have something to say. Like, okay, I'm going to be here. I'm going to do this. I'm not the kind of person who will say, hey, I'm having coffee at Starbucks. Right. Uh, uh, It's not me, you know. But um, anybody who would like to have coffee at Starbucks, (laughs) too. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I'll be there. So.
3: Uh, first time is surely. do you do a lot of cons?
0: I have done quite a few. Um, you know I don't do them a lot. Um, I do them when I get invited. So I'd say I do about um, one a year, you know every now and then when people invite me. I, I do like Xena cons or I do uh, whatever comes up. you know different com- I've gone to Berlin to the big one, Stargate. That was an unbelievable you know, um, so I get to travel quite a bit, I've gone to Paris with it, I've gone to London.
3: Is it nice when you do like the Cons and Cons to kind of reunite with the cast you work with?
0: It depends on who they invite at the same time that I'm I'm there, yes it is, but you know what also happens is, and I think this is, sometimes when you come in as a guest star and you do like one episode or two episodes of the show, sometimes you don't work with the entire cast. You know, So they're almost like strangers to you, you work with whoever you're working with in that scene and you see them for the amount of time you shoot and then everybody goes home, unless you're rooming with like Paris Jefferson and I on Xena and we were like at least always together because we were shooting, we were both outsiders coming in to shoot and we would travel Mm -hmm. and stuff so yeah we always get, when we get together at the cons we're always up to something. <laughs> she, she's a little radical.
1: Right. She's a little
0: rebel, a little dynamite thing.
1: And you're a partner in crime? Yeah,
0: yeah. she's the crime. <laughs> I'm just <the> partner. Right.
3: <laughs> well, thank you so much
1: you're for you're uh,
0: welcome.
2: chatting with us.
3: Enjoyed our interview with Salamander. We are going to move into our Sci Fi Five and Five, which, by the way, if you have a Sci Fi Five and Five you want to contribute to the show, just email it to us at the Sci Fi Podcast at gmail.com or call in and give us your top five or worst five of anything, any part of Sci Fi. It could be books, it could be outfits, it could be villains, it could be anything that you want, right, Miles?
1: The sky's the limit with the Sci Fi Five and Five.
3: Right. But because no one else called in. We have Miles giving us Big Bang Theory quotes mm-hmm. from uh, from Sheldon Cooper. Now, that doesn't mean they're bad. It mm-hmm. just means that we got that.
1: So yeah, uh, so these are the top five. Well, these are five good good Sheldon Cooper quotes. Are they in
3: order or not real? Um,
1: the last one I would say is probably probably my favorite and probably the fans' favorite. So, but the other ones I you know are, are good random ones. So this is this is this is quote number five.
3: Okay, so you why don't you play Sheldon and all of them and I'll play the other characters. Okay. Why are you crying? I'm Penny. B- because I'm stupid. But that's no reason to cry. One
1: cries because one is sad. For example, I cry because others are stupid, and that makes me sad. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's a great quote. Yeah. So number four? Sheldon, I am not crazy. My mother had me tested. <laughs> that, that's also a good one. Mm-hmm. Number three, I'm playing the part of Leonard. Mm-hmm. What were you doing at Penny's? Well, we had dinner, we played some games,
1: and then I spent the night. Oh, and, and, and you'll be ha- happier to know that I now have a better understanding of friends with benefits. <laughs> and, and let me just if, – if, if anybody watches this show, they understand nothing, nothing went on. It's just uh, – right. and if you understand who Sheldon is, nothing could go on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Number two, I'm playing Raj. Mm-hmm. I don't like bugs, okay? They freak me out. Interesting. You're
1: afraid of insects and women. Ladybugs must render you catonic. <laughs>
3: That's awesome. And uh, number
1: one, number one, and uh, it has to be number one, right? So, that, uh, Big Bang Theory fans will definitely recognize this one. Scissors cut paper. Paper covers rock. Rock crushes lizard. Lizard poisons Spock. Spock smashes scissors. Scissors deca- decapitates lizard. Lizard eats paper. Paper disapproves Spock. Spock vaporizes rock, and as it always has, rock crushes scissors. Awesome. So they actually had the last tour leave, and I didn't get a chance to see. They actually had a um, – a uh, Contest. A, a, yeah, con- you know, a contest or, 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 or you know, a, a, a Spock Lizard paper rock contest.
3: Didn't they do that with Zachary Quinto? They yeah. did it where, he, where they had him playing it? Right, and he was clueless. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he doesn't watch Big Bang. No. I do not watch Big Bang, but I'm aware of some of the stuff, partially because of you and because I Keep Up with some of the news. Mm-hmm. So, But I haven't actually watched an episode yet which I know you're trying to rub it. Trying. But, well, I believe that's about it. That takes us out of this week's show. We hope you enjoyed your time at the diner. We would love if you enjoyed your time at the diner to come and leave us a review or send us an email let us know what you liked, what you disliked, and um, maybe your comments on some of the news stories we've been talking about. One of the best ways to jump into the discussion is to join our Facebook page. Yes. And Miles, do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Uh, yeah, pl- pl- please. If you haven't already, join our Facebook page. We have about 330 uh, 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 sci-fi fans uh, join us. Uh, we have good, good, thriving discussions on what's going on in sci-fi, uh, what are we watching now, and uh, it's just a place we all, we, we all get together. I find some funny pictures sometimes, and I'll post them up. Yes,
3: and boy, are some of them are really good. Yes. I, I like the Twilight one.
1: The Twilight, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Twilight ones get, get a lot of laughs.
3: Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, I believe that's about it. You can find all the other information you want to find out about us at the Suffet Diner dot uh, com site. And um, I believe that's about it. Let's wrap up. Let's shut down the diner and let's get out of here.
1: All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck. We
3: will see ya.